Hello, and welcome to this Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles, and I am joined by Peter Franklin. Hi, Charlie. For anyone who doesn't know, Peter writes our daily Unpacked column, and I highly recommend it. It is full of insight and knowledge. Um, Today, we are talking about how Thatcher's heirs can revive popular capitalism. And uh, Peter, you kick off your unpacked quoting um, a rather famous phrase uh, of Margaret Thatcher, our one of our former prime ministers here in the UK. And she said, the problem with socialism is that eventually you run out of other people's money, which is a rather natty, rather nifty little phrase there. Um, but George Eaton in The New Statesman has turned that on its head. He has, yes. He quotes um, a kind of counter meme, as it were, um, in which um, you know you have a picture of Margaret Thatcher, but with the words this time, the problem with Thatcherism is that eventually you run out of other people's assets, right? Okay, and that's a reference to privatization of national industry and also to the uh, sale of council housing to its tenants, which were two absolutely pivotal policies during the Thatcher years. And, um, but the point that, the key point that George Eaton makes is that you can't repeat it because it's already all been sold off. Which, which is a pretty kind of um, interesting point to make, given that, you know, a large part of the success, the success of Thatcherism was turning capitalism into something which was, you know, very popular, in which um, sort of, you know, the vast majority of people had a stake in in what capitalism represented, i.e. they owned assets and therefore they had capital. And yet, if we look at today, if you see the diminishing uh, proportion of homeowners, so more people having to rent mm. um, and, you know, really quite sky high rents for, for a lot of people, you know, I think it'd be very difficult to argue that that kind of shareholding was a sort of popular um, uh, practice either now. So there does seem to be something in his argument that says, you know, that that was all well and good while you had, you know, the, the, the kind of the little freebies or the giveaways, if that's a way I could put it, but you don't have that now. And one of the specific things that um, you pick on, uh, Peter, in the piece is this issue of selling council homes. Mm. And And what's interesting actually is that as you kind of dig down a bit into what Thatcher and her government did, which is to sell off the council homes um, in, in this programme called Right to Buy, um, you point out, though, that that wasn't really a very capitalist model that was used. No, because they didn't sell them at their market value. They sold them at quite a hefty discount, um, depending on various factors, like how long people had been living there, paying rent there. Um, And so when you have a government um, that, you know, sort of essentially hands over assets like that to democratise ownership to the greatest possible extent, that is less capitalist and more distributist, right? And distributism was kind of at one point it was quite a sort of fashionable idea it was a kind of a third way between capitalism and socialism stroke communism which is that you know yes you instead of having a few you know sort of plutocratic landowners or an all-consuming state you just make sure ownership 
is distributed as far and wide as possible. And arguably, um, you could say, in fact, I probably would say, um, that the mass sale of council houses, and it, and it really was on a very large scale, um, has actually contributed to the crisis in capitalism that we're facing now. And, and I would argue that for a couple of reasons. One, because actually it's quite a unfair policy because the only people who can have this below market purchase, and you know we're talking about some quite hefty discounts here, um, so you know quite significantly below market rates, are the people who happen to have been fortunate enough to be living in a council home in the first place. So you know if you were renting a non-state-owned uh, property, yes. you don't get the right to just yes. buy it at a discount. So so actually it's 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 I would argue quite an unfair policy. But also in selling those homes at such a significant discount and not reinvesting um, in building homes, that's actually managed to um, put a massive pressure on the availability of housing, which has then had a knock-on impact of helping to drive up rental costs. So so actually this policy in itself has probably driven some of the... um, I guess, move away from, you know, the kind of loss of faith in capitalism itself? Yes and no. Um, I think there is a certain fairness to giving a, um, a discount to people that have been paying rent for, for years, if not decades. So people who are in, in private rented properties and have well, been for years, they, they should also be able well, they've to come Well, they've come to a private arrangement for various reasons. But many and, of those people And I don't think it's for the state to inter- in, interfere in that. But just a moment, but many of those people, particularly if you look today, many of those people, it's because there is not the availability of a council well, home. Exactly. It's not a choice. Yes, yes. And this is the, the, the key issue is they didn't reinvest the proceeds in new council homes or social housing if there's some other kind of social landlord um, and then didn't give other people the opportunity to buy their homes in the same way and that was the colossal error that was made and it's it's very striking that today um, I think 40% of those right to buy homes are now owned by private landlords, landlords um, which is, you know, appalling. And, and that's the other problem with it is that, you know, an asset was created by the states. I think it's quite legitimate for the state to use those assets to give people the chance of own ownership. It wasn't legitimate to then allow those assets to fall into the land into the hands of private landlords and there but of were, course you the, wouldn't be able to prevent that because once a property is privately owned then the state can't say you can't rent it out yes you can prevent it it all depends it all depends on the um the the terms in which property is transferred for instance but i thought we just said that we didn't believe the state should be interfering in private property well, arrangements no, which no, it would no, be no, by no, that not, point. not with you know not with not with um, properties that are always in private hands. I'm talking about public assets that were used to achieve um, you know the, the dem- democratization of ownership, right? I think it was quite um, it would have been quite sensible in those circumstances to have various clauses attached or maybe the state holding on to the land and not the ownership of the building so that it could, enforce certain conditions like you can't then sell it to a private landlord and indeed there are various structures that allow land to be used in in that way community land trusts for instance 
and um, and some people might might dismiss, dismiss this as social engineering, but I think I think sometimes governments should engineer society to make it fairer. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Okay, so tell me then, I mean, you've mentioned their community land trust, which is yes. something you've talked about actually in a, a previous um, uh, article. Um, but just briefly explain to us, what, what, what is a community land trust and why is this a better solution than going down the road of, of selling off um, more council homes, which indeed you can still do and the government is still doing at a discounted rate. Okay, well, this is one version anyway. Um, Governments or some sort of agency of the states um, obtains land at agricultural use value or not much more than that. It grants planning permission for for that land to be developed. Um, It's either sold off as serviced plots or as um, completed buildings Um, but certain rights are retained over that land um, so that the trusts can um, decide who can who can buy at what price and um, under what circumstances can they then sell on and to and to who right so it stops it from just slipping into the the sort of general speculative property market, but also gives people the chance to own a genuine asset. So it's a kind of halfway house, or one might say the best of both worlds between social housing and private owner occupation. So Peter's answer to George Eaton's what can we say, bastardization of the Thatcher quote, <laughs> uh, is actually, well, okay, maybe we have currently run out of other people's uh, assets, but we can create some more. Yes. Uh, which seems eminently sensible, even if I disagree with some of the points about uh, right to buy and restrict it. If you bought then a property via the Community Land Trust, restricting what you can do with it. But that's a conversation for another time, uh, Peter. Thank you so much. Another fascinating unpacked. Thank you, James, for producing this podcast. Thank you all for listening. Um, As always, we very much appreciate it. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. And we hope you tune into our next one. 